0: <laughs> podcast fresh
1: now this is a story all about how wait cap and chris just both sat down so we'd like to take some time man chill out there we'd like to talk a bit about the fresh prince of bel-air Woo!
2: Greetings and salutations from sunny Toronto, Ontario, Canada. We are Chris Torres and Ryan Mello here with Podcast Fresh episode or show or whatever you want to call it, uh, number 19. We are that show that reviews the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air episode by episode. Uh, I couldn't do it without my partner and co-host, Ryan Mello. What's up, my brother? What's up? That was very, very sweet of you. <laughs> uh, sweet yes.
3: as pie. Yeah, sunny Toronto's except for today. It's been snowing like freaking crazy. It's a blizzard out here.
2: So, dude, you're north of the city. How much snow do you have outside your house right now, like in inches?
3: Um, I got to say it's almost at two feet. What? I'd say maybe, oh, yeah, two feet easily. Jesus. Once it's like, like, I'm talking about like the piled snow that we have. Yeah, in in total up till now, like it's got to be at two inches, maybe even or two inches, two feet, maybe even more, and two feet for people that don't know is like twenty four inches, which is like past your knees. So, yeah, I mean, it's uh, there's a lot here. There's definitely an abundance of snow where I live.
2: Yeah, if anybody lives down in the states, like in the northeast area, like you know New York, New Jersey, Philly, Chicago, you know, we all kind of share kind of that same. Same kind of weather patterns mostly, right? Although we like to duke it out with New York to see who gets the most snow. I always think we do, but then they'll surprise us by getting like six feet of snow and then like, dang, I guess New York got hit more than we did.
3: We can't win because of all those damn New York Christmas movies. That's right. Yeah. Other than that, man, what have you (laughs) been up to, dude? Oh, man, just working. Um, Just started a new job uh in oakville which is pretty far not it's really not that far from where i live but because today was like snowing it did take me two yeah. hours to get home instead of like the one hour and 10 minute usual but whatever uh it is well, uh, it's like three highways right two highways that, to get there it, it's it's three highways yeah so the just between us 400 401 403 um yeah so it's definitely a trek i'm i like i like driving though i don't mind it so it's fine like i now i've gotten into the habit of like I don't know how dangerous this is. Don't don't follow me, kids. But I set up a movie on Netflix on my phone, put it on the dash, and I just have something to watch because I really need time to pass on the drive. So I've watched Bad Boys, Bad Boys Two. Uh, <laughs> I've seen a couple movies on this drive. Um, what else? Mister Deeds. I've seen some anime that I've tried out. Like it's just it's funny, man. What like, <laughs> the stuff I I've been trying to do to like get stuff off my list of like things that I've always wanted to see but it's also kind of two birds one stone gimmick where I'm killing time on the drive and that's really what I want so yeah it's been good but you know starting this new job it's going to be the same old I think I've started a new job while doing this podcast before and when it starts it's mostly hauling material getting the whole job set up for me going in to do my finished detailing um which is great. So can't complain. I'm still working despite COVID. So honestly, I am not one to complain. I will drive to the end of the earth at this point if I can keep working.
2: Mm-hmm. That's yeah. good, man. I, re- um, I recently saw Inception. You ever seen Inception, the Christopher Nolan movie? That's on my list of uh, movies. Oh, man. <laughs> I'll get so to I've you. already <laughs> seen it. I've already seen it, but I was listening to one of the songs by uh, Hans Zimmer. He does the, uh, love the score game. for that movie, and he has mm-hmm. a song called Time, and it's an absolutely beautiful track, and it plays at the end of the film. And um, on Saturday, well, this whole weekend, actually, I hung out with my dad, and my sister came over, and um, I was just talking, telling my dad about the movie, and he goes, yeah, yeah, I'll check it out, check it out. And my sister's like, yeah, yeah, I'll check it, I'll check it out. But well, my sister's full of shit, though, because... I will recommend all kinds of things to her and then like it'll take her like sometimes years years to finally go and like check it out right and like I don't I don't ever recommend anything that I don't think she'll like you know what I'm saying like I have a background in film I studied film I went to film school so like some of the stuff that i like it's like it's not for everybody you know what i mean like i like a lot of wes anderson that's not for everybody you know um uh stuff like that but um i'll recommend stuff for her that i'm like i'm pretty sure she'll like it um and then she'll be like she'll like years later she'll be like remember that movie you told me about? like yeah like three years ago yeah i finally (laughs) saw it like great did you know they're working on a sequel like that's how long it's been since i recommended that movie to her (laughs) I can confirm so this because this, this has
3: happened right in front of me.
2: <laughs> yeah. So this weekend I uh, I was with her and I said to her, uh, listen, check out this movie. I think you really like it. I even kind of gave her the synopsis and uh, I told my dad the same thing. My dad said he was going to check it out right away. He even pulled it up on Netflix, but I had to go home and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, no, man, uh, man, that film still held up. I I'd only seen it one time before. So it's always cool when you go back and you watch a movie that you've only seen once and it still holds up, you know? Yeah. Um, But it's a great movie. Leonardo DiCaprio is tremendous. If anybody hasn't seen it, it's really, really good. Um, And, yeah, Christopher Nolan is the man, so I definitely want to check that out. And then um, I was probably going to check out Shutter Island with DiCaprio. I'm on a DiCaprio kick right now, so Mm I'll probably watch Shutter Island. And then um, I'll probably... uh, What's that new one that he's got, Tenant or Tenant, something like that? Tenant, yeah. Yeah, it was supposed to come out on uh, in theaters last year, so I'll probably check that out. But uh, yeah, it's kind of what I've been doing. And I I put that movie on at like four in the morning. I just couldn't sleep anymore. And I turned on my, uh, my surround sound speaker and I just like blasted it like super, super loud. But uh, it was good. It's, sometimes it's the only way to enjoy one of those really loud movies.
3: You must have really pissed off your neighbors if you did that at four in the morning.
2: Well, no, because they got they got uh, kids that are always like either laughing or screaming at like random times at night, so it's kind of like tit for tat. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. yeah. And my other neighbor's always like uh, opening his window to because he smokes, right? Yeah. So I always hear that window like scraping, open and close at like odd times at night. So it's kind of like. Ah, we all live with each there's other. There's your thing, shit, you know. What yeah, I'm there's saying? your yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's you give fine, and that's you cool. take. You give and you take. Yeah,
3: that's right. Uh, I was gonna ask, how's your week been? You asked how my week was, so I gotta ask, how was your oh. week?
2: Not bad, man. Just uh, we're still here in lockdown in Toronto, so I haven't really been able to do much. And today's note, so we were really locked down. Yeah. So I've just been, um, just been, you know, just trying to watch a few movies and. Uh, Just playing some games, you know, and that's kind of just been it. Just been hanging out at home. Mm -hmm. Not much else to do, really.
3: Yeah, I feel that. If I didn't work, I don't know what else I would do either. I come home and kind of just work on this stuff and maybe get in a little session of gaming and that's it.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right, peeps. So, um, yeah, so we are Podcast Fresh. This is the Podcast Fresh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air. If this is your first time listening, we are the episode by episode review show of the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. So, thank you for uh, downloading this puppy. Uh, You can find us at Instagram or YouTube under Podcast Fresh. Um, Ryan, what's going on with Twitter and Facebook? Yeah, you can also find us on Twitter, Podcast Fresh
3: T O. And also, we got a Facebook page. Just type in Podcast Fresh. uh, everything gets updated pretty frequently, and um, th- it's impossible to, m- to miss anything we do if you follow any of that. So, really, uh, I advise everybody to just you know stay tuned with the schedule and just follow.
2: Yep, we got some uh fresh birthday shout outs to uh DJ Jazzy Jeff on January 22nd, he turned uh 56, and it's so funny because. He he was doing a live mix session on uh, Friday and Saturday, and I texted you. You are like, "Yeah, bro, I already was listening to it earlier." Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we were all tuned in. I think you might have been watching it when he was still a little bit sober. I tuned in like around eleven. He was a little sauced by that point. Oh really? But yeah. uh, he was so happy. <laughs> he was so happy to uh, to have everybody tune in. You know, like at most, I was seeing like six, seven hundred people, and at the least, it was still like four hundred people. So. Pretty good numbers if you think it's just, you know, Instagram live, right? So, yeah. Um, but really good. And he had different DJs on there. And it's awesome. I, I hooked it up to like my big speaker and I had like the music just pounding, right? It's Saturday night. I had the music just pounding. And um, I was just working my way through uh, Mafia 3. I was just cleaning up some last little bit of that and nice. um, just listening to the music. It was really, really cool. Kind of does make you miss going out to the bars. And the lounges and the clubs and stuff like that. But not the worst way to spend a Saturday night with uh, DJ Jazzy Jeff and some of his uh, some of his DJs playing uh, some really, really good music.
3: Yeah, definitely. From when I tuned in, he was kind of just... Uh, I-, I don't want to say he was trying to get the hang of it. That's not really the word. But he was just... It's kind of like what you said. He wasn't totally, totally in the mood when I was watching. Uh, he definitely got into it at some point i unfortunately had to tune out had stuff to do but uh, i'm glad you you kind of continued and uh, watched the rest of that <laughs> that's awesome
2: yeah i know it's fine it they went to like almost one i was like okay you know that's cool yeah yeah and then it's so funny because like that live stream ended and then it's like here's some other videos that we recommend and it's videos that i have no idea what algorithms instagram uses but it's like <laughs> half-naked chicks. I'm like, what? Why would you recommend this to me? I don't follow any of these people. Like, why would you recommend these half-naked bitches? Like, I don't... I'm not interested in that, right? <laughs> so it's one of those things that's like, man, if I wasn't there on my phone, it'd be really embarrassing if somebody was sitting right next to me, right? But yeah, I don't know where these algorithms come from, but trust me, my Instagram activity is not sus like that, you know? They're all over the place, man. Yeah, I don't trust yeah.
3: it either. There's stuff that I'm always recommended that's like, no, I, I don't want to know... Uh, Amber from whoever Colorado that wants to put out. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. I don't want to know her. Damn it. Yeah, that's
2: bad. Yeah, yeah. It's just I've uh, so I've just started like removing stuff, especially from you know when you hit the magnifying glass, it gives you like explore the explore button. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've blocked a lot of that stuff because like, I don't want to explore any of that. You know. Yeah. But like, the I other see. day, it was like here's uh, uh, three lions eating a hyena, and I'm like, I don't want to see that. I don't want to <laughs> see that on my feed. You know, That's here's <laughs> an unfortunate, here's an unfortunate pig that falls into a, a swamp and an alligator eats it. I don't want to see any of that, man. So I just go individually into those accounts and I just block them, man. I just block them.
3: That is the way to go. I also don't like the, the really, really like explicit accidents that people have. Like Jesus Christ, I don't want to see someone get caught in a machine and then like his like body pretty much breaks, you know, like it's, uh, I don't need that. I, don't I haven't need that seen on that, my, that at all. On my but okay. No, I get recommended crazy pages that are like these, like uh, kind of hidden cameras of like real world accidents that had happened. So I've seen what? people like fall in manholes, and uh there is this the, the the machine I'm referring to. This guy was making like I don't know if it's a wallpaper like um, kind of maker machine. I don't know what I'm talking about, but he's basically making sure everything's going smoothly and somehow something gets caught and it's like a roll that's going around and around and he gets sucked into the roll and you just see his legs flying and flying and then his pants come off his shoes come off eventually and then eventually you just know he's dead because like it keeps spinning and his legs just keep smashing that floor and there's just no way like like, i saw that and i was like i don't i don't need this i really don't need this he became the wallpaper he became one with the wallpaper what kind of
2: wallpaper was it
3: it was honestly the worst quality. I I just saw a white wallpaper.
2: I don't know oh, what kind okay. of wallpaper. That's too bad. That's horrible. Yeah, I don't need, I don't like that kind of shit. So I anytime I turn into the explorer button and um it, you know it does that it's got that block thing on it with like the little teardrop on it. I never click it cuz I'm like that is some horrible shit. So I'll click on the yep. three dots and then just go to uh, show me less of this or show me none of this. And uh, that's usually how I get out of that.
3: Definitely show me none of this.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then the other birthday we have is uh, Tatiana Ali turned uh, forty-two on January twenty-four. So there, there, there you go. Those are kind of the uh, the birthday shout-outs for the week. There, a couple birthdays in a couple of days. Um, uh, did you ever see Tatiana Ali in anything except The Fresh Prince of Bel Air? Uh, no, but I've heard some of her music because she definitely took a, a music route. Right? Yeah, yeah. She did. She did. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She's pretty talented, honestly. 42. Wow. She was a baby on this show, man. Yeah. I mean, I didn't you know, not know that, she was older. It's just when you than... put the 42 down and I'm 30, I'm 37, dude. You know what I mean? So. Right. I was younger than she was when this show came out. You know what I mean? It's crazy. Damn. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, let's get into the first of uh, two reviews here. This one is called. Cased up. I have uh, somewhat of a memory of this episode. Did you? Did you remember this episode? You must have, right? So this is one of my favorites. <laughs> I uh, I'd
3: always watch it, like like I'd find it for some reason. I don't know why. I think it had to do with OPP, the car, the fact that it's like a court thing. Like
2: I just love crap like that. So it's honestly yeah.
3: it's one of my favorites.
2: There you go. This is uh, from Season 2, Episode 9, called Cased Up. Original air date, November 11th, 1991. And uh, we start off in the living room. Will's hanging out with Jazz on a school night. Phil comes down and asks, what are you doing? And uh, he's there for a midnight st- a midnight snack, as he usually is. <laughs> and uh, of all the places Jazz could have hidden in, he was hiding in the kitchen, the idiot. So that's like the last place. If you're trying to hide from Phil, would you go hide in the kitchen? You don't go in the kitchen, and... Like, I'd go hide in the basketball court or in the gym or somewhere like that, you know? Yeah, or just,
3: like, hide behind the kitchen counter. He was nowhere near there. Then he follows yeah. him. He starts following him. Like, he's right behind him the whole time. He could have easily, like, escaped that scenario. I, I, I don't understand.
2: <laughs> yeah. So Jazz is hiding in the kitchen, and Phil does this ridiculous thing where he just, just like, starts, like, sniffing around like he catches something, like a, like a bloodhound catching something. He goes, smells like cheap cologne and fried chicken. And Jazz, right behind them, goes, "I resent that." And uh, and uh, Phil looks at Jazz. Jazz looks at Phil. And of course, Jazz gets thrown out of the house. That was pretty good. We cut to the credits, and then after the credits, the Banks are having a game night. I think they're playing Monopoly. I wasn't really looking. What were they playing? Yeah, Monopoly. Yeah, Monopoly. They're yeah. they're playing Monopoly when all of a sudden Hillary and her date Eric walk into the kitchen. We're
4: home, everybody. <laughs>
5: Good evening, Mrs. Banks, Mr. Banks. Ah, how wonderful it is to see the whole family spending time together. (laughs) I thought that only happened on the Cosby show. Well, Eric, son, you're back early. Oh, well, you know me, sir. I wouldn't want to uh, violate your curfew. Ain't his curfew he worried about you violating. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you must be Carlton. Wow, your father really speaks highly of all of you at the law firm. No, 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 my man, I'm Will.
2: Who? <laughs> Huge pop from the crowd because they recognize Eric from the Cosby Show. Um, I'm pretty sure that's why the pop, or is it because he's hot? I don't know. Why were they popping, do you think?
3: Uh, I think the Cosby Show was pretty hot at this time, so I, I'd right. have to imagine it's that. And they mention it, so.
2: Right. I mean, he's not an ugly guy, but I, I mean, you know, it's not Brad Pitt walking onto the set here, you know what I mean? Yeah, you never know. It's I mean, not he Denzel. Was-
3: he was with Hillary, so it's like that could be it too, just the relationship factor, but I don't know.
2: Yeah. Uh, by the way, I'm pretty sure going back to the last episode that we taped last week, I'm pretty sure they're giving the audience like alcohol or they're smoking something because yeah, there's a these lot, two man. episodes, they are hell- like in your episode, there's a part where the crowd pops when Vivian is cutting a slice of cake and like, what is so funny about that? Like, what is so funny? <laughs> But the, because unless they taped it twice and there's a blooper there, because anyway, we'll get into it. But I'm yeah, like, we'll, we'll fuck, do that. What, yeah. you, what are you guys laughing at anyway? But anyway, <laughs> so Eric walks in and uh, Eric's says good looking guy and he works. Um, he works at Phil's office, right?
3: Yeah, he's he's like a he's re, he's really learning from Phil. I don't know if he works there or if he's
2: just there to learn. He's like an up and coming lawyer, right? Yeah, yeah. He's an up-and-coming lawyer, so he goes in there. Huge pop. He's there with Hillary. They both look all dressed up, so obviously they're coming back from, like, a date or something. And um, they're looking at uh, Phil, at Viv, rather. Phil asks if anybody would like to go watch one of his movies. So right before this, Eric walks in, and this guy is just laying it on thick. Like, he's kissing Phil's ass. He's kissing uh, Aunt Viv's ass. Like, oh, I can see where uh, Hillary gets the good looks from. Like, it's just all, you know... Will's making these like sucky kissy noises like he's kissing ass, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, which is just great. Um, so Phil says, who wants to go watch a video? And Carlton says, well, I hope it's a James Bond movie. And Phil says, no, it's one of the cases. Uh, and I forget what year it's from. It doesn't even matter. Eric's the only one that says, OK, I'll watch the video with them. <laughs> and Will asks Hillary if Eric has shown her, uh, her 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 legal briefs. Ha ha ha. Of course, this is after the parents <laughs> la- have left the room. And uh, she kind of just gives him a look, and Carlton admits that uh, he doesn't like him. So uh, at this point, the kids uh, are left in the uh, in the room there, so it's Hillary, Carlton, and Will. They're all fighting for the car, and they get into a rock, paper, scissors contest. Each of them pulls out rock, paper, or a scissor. But uh, before anybody can even think, Hillary just says, no, I win because she's got the scissors that beats Will's paper. Even though it's technically a tie, all it's high because all the time yeah yeah yeah, and will's like what I I don't get nothing for paper no you don't so <laughs> Hillary's going to get the car and she's agreed to drop Carlton off wherever he needs to uh, go and before will can say anything um, the other two leave later in the kitchen the banks are alarmed by really loud music uh, coming from somewhere uh, Phil thinks it's an earthquake for a moment that was kind of ridiculous. Um, Jeffrey's like preparing some lunch, but he's also like dancing and ready, getting into it, because right. it is naughty by nature. OPP, right? <laughs> um, so Will's outside with a new car. It's like this old beat up shit box, and he calls it the Rapmobile. Um, and Phil immediately, they're just looking at this guy like, "What the? What have we? What is going on here? What is this new reality <laughs> that we are in?" And um, Phil immediately says. Did you have insurance papers? But Will keeps changing the subject. Look at the car. And he's, he's like, changing the subject. And then eventually tells him, look, we didn't get the insurance. Phil says, what kind of an idiot would buy a car without insurance? And Jazz says, hey, I resent that remark. Because Jazz was kind of uh, just hiding in the backseat, either passed out or sleeping. Uh, (laughs) And Phil says that, uh, look, you're not taking the car out until the insurance papers are in. And he stares down Jazz. Jazz smiles at him and he says, well, the joke's on you because we're outside and you can't do anything. Phil, in a ridiculous moment, he (laughs) picks up Jazz onto his shoulders and walks off camera. And in the next scene, we see uh, Jazz getting thrown into the house. So, (laughs) shit, that was a new one, right? (laughs) I like the twist. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, he's not going to get thrown in the house, is he? He gets thrown in the house. It was awesome. What do you think of the episode so far? It's moving at a clip, I would say. It's moving really fast.
3: I'm honestly loving it. And the pace is one thing I really dig about it because it keeps throwing stuff at you. And the story is progressing so far. And it's honestly how you do the filler right because you don't want to have the filler just sit there for too long. So they're establishing all this this new stuff that Will has a car now. Hillary's dating this dude. Um, Jazz, let's talk about it. Jazz made his return. He's been gone for a while. So we're getting to know, like, Jazz has a couple lines already on, on in the episode. And I think it's just awesome. And Will, Will having a car is, like, pretty major if you think about it. I mean, a 17-year-old gets his first car, technically, however he got it. And uh, personally, the whole insurance thing was pretty relatable because when I wanted a car, I remember, like, not knowing anything about that stuff. So <laughs> I, I vibed with all that. Um, but I think the, it's honestly excellent. I love the episode so far.
2: Yeah, the next day, Eric and Hillary are in the living room. They're kind of hanging out, and uh, Jazz and Will are kind of just creeping in the background there. And uh, Jazz just blows his cover, and he demands to know from Hillary what's going on. And, and you know, she, he thought they had something, whatever, whatever. <laughs> Instead, Eric stands up and introduces himself and, uh, you know, kind of blows him Will uh, Jazz kind of blows him off, but uh, Eric, you know, kind of just being like the baby face here. And I'd forgotten most of this episode, so I always thought Eric was the heel, but he's actually kind of a a babyface throughout the entire episode, really. Yeah, he's kind of just, he's a babyface, but also just kind of neutral. Yeah. Yeah. You know? We have Jazz and Will. They sit down on the couch, and they're kind of just moping around. They're worried that, you know, the malls are closing soon. And Will says that the honeys are all going to be at the bus stop, but they don't have any cars to, to go ride around in. Jazz asks Will to get the car that they should go. Will says sarcastically, Well, this wouldn't be the first time that he didn't do what Uncle Phil told him to do. So uh, they take off. And Jeffrey's in the background doing something. He says, A wise man sees nothing, hears nothing, and makes notes for his book that he's going to write. So there you go. (laughs) We hear a crash out in the bank's parking lot. Never thought I'd say that one. (laughs) Ah, another chapter.
5: Damn, Eric. Didn't you see me backing out the driveway? Oh, I don't believe this. Your piece of junk just backed into the custom fender of a $35,000 automobile, pal. You're going to have to turn in a lot of soda cans to pay for that.
4: (laughs) Hey, I got a whole
5: living room full of soda (laughs) cans.
6: Oh, man. I don't believe it. Look, man, this thing
5: used to say "cold chilling." Now it say "old chilly."
4: <laughs> Look,
5: what's the name of your insurance company? Yo fault.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Look, I don't have none, and I don't need none, cause it's your
6: fault.
4: Look,
2: Hillary, can I use your phone, please?
4: Yeah, go ahead.
2: So Will uh, basically uh, gets into a little fender bender here. With Eric, Eric, it looks like, appears to have either re-rendered Will or re- or Will went backwards. I'm not sure. But the damage all in the, is all on the front end of Eric's car. Eric tells him that it's a $35,000 car, which by today's standards, that's about a $55,000 Bentley, which is really, really expensive. And, um, you know, he asks him if he's got insurance. And, uh, and you know, Will says, for what? It's your fault. You know, my insurance is that it's your fault. I don't need insurance. It's your fault. So, Eventually, Eric realizes that this guy doesn't have insurance, and that sucks. Yes. In the kitchen, Eric asks Phil what one would do in this scenario. Phil stops him and reiterates that, well, only an idiot would drive without insurance, and please, but no matter what, do not let personal relationships get in the way. So he says, thank you very much, sir. Have a great day. Will answers the kitchen, and Eric tells him that he'll see him in court. This uh, hits home for me because uh, I once got into a car accident without insurance. So, man, it sucks because just like most of these stories, it's supposed to be nothing but a 5, 10-minute ride. Ended up getting into a car accident. I was went to go get a coffee with my girlfriend. And I pulled out onto the road, and I actually got T-boned. I was making a left-hand turn at an intersection. The guy coming straight toward me had his signal on, but he was actually coming straight. So he came straight and T boned me, but it didn't matter. I was driving in my dad's pickup truck at the time. And when I got out of the pickup truck, the guy's car, he was driving a Honda SRV, like uh, your, your wife has TIFF. Yep. And it was just like oozing, gushing liquids out of the front end. And like, oh, that car is done. Jeez. So I got busted, no insurance. Um, I had a license, but no insurance, no proper documentation. So I got in shit for that, and I had to pay up $16,500 for, for the replacement of the car because it was a write-off. Had the car just been damaged, I would have just had to pay for the damage. But because the car was um, a write-off, I had to pay for the car, and the car had less than 10,000 kilometers on it. So that was a long day for me. <laughs> oh, man. So if there's Ooh. a lesson here, it's do not drive Without the insurance.
3: I have a lesson too. Don't look at your phone when you drive. You might crash your car that you just bought uh, brand new three months later. (laughs) What?
2: Didn't you just say you watch movies on the way to work? What the fuck are you talking about?
3: Yeah, but I kind of set that up before I leave the lot. And I just leave it. Oh, man. I don't touch it. When that happened, when that really happened, I was like just messing around with the GPS, trying to get it to work and all that bullshit. And then... I, I, I just kept looking up, down, up, down, up, down. At one point I looked up and I saw that the light was green, but I didn't see a car stopped. So I just kind of, I literally just hit it. Yeah. And I was 19 at the time or 20. And that was a long, long period of time that I just stressed over. Like it made me, it literally made me sick. Just thinking about all the stuff I had to deal with. And like, it was all new to me. I had never gotten into an accident or really anything of that nature. Right. Um, and, all that literally wrapped up in like last year, 2020, because it takes about five years to wrap up. And I got called uh, in 2019 to to see the, like a lawyer to explain the whole thing. I was mic'd up. It honestly just avoid the, the crashes. Avoid it. These are two guys from a podcast giving you some good advice.
2: Yeah. Well, you're not going to end well by watching movies on the way to work, but that's okay. I'll do um, what I want. That's so bad. That is so bad. <laughs> I had no idea. Do not tell my parents that. Um, Don't tell my wife either. Let's see here. So uh, in the living room, Carlton and Will are talking, and Carlton asks if he's still avoiding Phil. And, of course, Phil's behind him the whole time. They do this cute little spot where Will's like, let me guess, he's right behind me, real funny. And he is. Before Phil can say anything, a cop comes in with a subpoena.
5: Mr. Marshall, state (laughs) marshal.
6: I, I guess you're looking for Will Smith. Oh, there he is, my man, right there. I'm <laughs> looking for Philip Banks.
5: I'm Philip Banks.
7: Sir, this is a subpoena. Could you um, sign right here, please? <laughs> Have a nice day. <laughs>
5: <laughs> I can't believe this. Eric is taking me to court.
1: Can he do that?
5: Well, no, Will is a minor. I am his legal guardian. Hold on, hold on, hold on, Wait, let me get this straight.
6: I buy a car, I don't get insurance, I get in a wreck, and you get sued?
5: That's right, Will. Man, it works for me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's it, man. This, move, this is moving at a quick pace. We then go to the, the main event, the, the court scene, So this is pretty funny, might be before your time, but the music you heard right there is from a show called The People's Court. And so you had The the People's Court music playing and everybody's making their entrances. You have Phil come in, you have Eric come in. Um, Just really, really funny. I was not expecting that. Jazz Jazz comes into the courtroom with a neck brace on. Will's like, what the hell are you doing? And Jazz is like, I'm trying to get paid on this one. So (laughs) Hillary comes in thinking it's a restaurant, and she asks the the, uh, cop by the door for a table for six. Uh, Eric comes in and shakes Phil's hand and wishes him luck. So it's kind of like we're starting off very uh, clean here. Uh, We're going to have a battle of uh, uh, you know prospect versus boss here. Um, So, you know, the stakes are set here. Phil says that it's him that needs the luck and that he's going to chew him up and spit him out. So right away, we're done with the niceties right here. Jazzy Jeff makes a joke about seeing Phil do a lot of chewing, but a whole not a lot of spitting either. So there's the fat joke for the episode. The judge begins to uh, summarize the case when all of a sudden he goes into a side panel about how his wife took everything. And so it looks like the uh, the judge has had a couple things happen with his wife there where things didn't go according to plan. But uh, the stage is set for this uh, case right here. Eric goes first and he sympathizes right away with the judge's personal story. Uh, Will makes the kissing noises again uh, as Eric's uh, kissing some major ass here. Eric is suing for $2,500, which in today's money is about $4,000 American, which in Canadian money is about $6,800. Will calls, excuse me, here go with the Will-filled Viv again. (laughs) Phil calls Will his witness to the stand.
1: Raise your right hand.
6: Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth So help you, God? I do and I categorically deny all the charges against me. This is something that's been drummed up by the Democrats.
5: My fault, A little to my CNN. Mr. Smith, could you tell us in your own words what happened? Yes. Well, peep dish J. Ship.
6: Me and Jazz about to cruise down to the mall in the honey wagon, you know, so we can pack it up with some honeys. So I pop the little pebo in the pioneer, check my pocket for my Banaka. Hey, because you know fresh breath can make the difference between getting a honey's number and getting flipped a
5: bird. Honey <laughs> flipped me the bird at the bus stop this morning. It's the most action I've had in six months. <clears throat> Yo, know, you were saying something, Mr. Smith. Uh, yes, yeah, so I check
6: my rear view mirror And no sooner did I accelerate Than out of nowhere the plaintiff This seer-sucking Brooks brother over here bowing out of nowhere and bashed right into me Anything else, Mr. Smith? Uh, yeah, keep hope alive You are somebody <laughs> <laughs> okay.
2: Jazz goes up to a stand next With his hands up The cop holds up a bible to him To, to, uh, you, know, uh, to you know, to swear by it And uh, he still got his hands up. Phil says, listen, man, put your hands down. Phil says, no, no, next thing you know, he goes, I know how this works. Next thing you know, I have six warning shots in my back. So uh, kind of uncomfortable to to see. I guess funny for the time, but, you know, uh, it just goes to show you that this, you know, this black people versus uh, the mishandling by cops and mistreated by cops, goes back years and um this is what 1991 yep right so i mean yeah this is uh who's that gentleman that got beat up by the cops rodney king man rodney king what year was rodney king let me just pretty sure
3: it was this year because the la riots either broke out in 91 or 92 wow
2: why la erupted in anger on march 3 1991 yeah, there you so go. So this is so after February.
3: That. This was February, right? So
2: Yeah, that's that, right before that. You're right. Yep.
3: That was coming up, yeah. It's uh that whole Rodney King situation really got out of hand. And that's probably why they they addressed it in this episode, because this came out at that time.
2: Yeah, yeah. Definitely some of these jokes don't hold up that well, but at the time they knew exactly what they were doing, and it's not that the jokes would have held up better then. But they were making light of those kind of, you know, situations that were happening. But looking back now, I mean, pretty serious shit, especially when we know everything we know now, especially now with technology and having been able to see all these horrific videos that have come out of uh, cops doing all this horrible shit. So but there you go. So that's uh, Jazz's line right there. Eric calls Hillary up next to the stand. Listen, all she remembers is that there was some really loud music and what smelled like fried chicken and cheap cologne. Eric tells the judge that the loud music prevented him from hearing uh, his horn. Excuse me. Eric tells the judge that the loud music prevented Will Smith from hearing Eric's horn. Phil uh, chooses to cross-examine Hillary, so uh, Phil's turn to go up there. Hillary tells him exactly what he was wearing. So she describes exactly what he was wearing. And then Hillary lets it out of the bag that Eric was not wearing his glasses as stated on his driver's license. Phil double checks this. Is this true? Is this not true? And Eric says, no, it is true. So there you go. The case is dismissed by the judge. Eric shakes Phil's hand and says, no hard feelings. Hey, Phil even invites him to dinner. And afterwards, Phil says, uh, Will says that if Phil can be a bigger man, there's no reason why they can't uh, also be. So at this point, it's just literally Will and Eric left in the courtroom. They shake hands, and uh, Eric says, uh, I guess we got off on the wrong foot. They shake hands. They make peace. Will leaves, but that wooden door that swivels back and forth hits Eric in the groin, so the episode leaves on a ha-ha, on a lighter note, and we get to the end of the show the credits roll, the end. Man, this one just went by so quick. I was just like, wow, boom, 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 boom. But there you go. What did you think of the court scene, that last part right there? That's, it's a classic. I remembered all of
3: it. It was so good. I loved watching it again. Um, that whole, uh, oh, I forgot where it's from, but you had said it. The The song, the court O-P-P? song. OPP? Oh, uh, the
2: people's court. No, no, court. the court
3: song. The people's court, that's the yeah. one. Yeah. Uh, That song has been used so many times in so many court scenes on sitcoms, not much come to mind, but I remember specifically in Boy Meets World, uh, Eric, if if anyone knows the show, walks in and he's supposed to represent somebody and that song's playing and he has a briefcase and the briefcase is supposed to be full of documents. What he does is he puts it on the table, opens it, pulls out like a speaker and he turns off the song. (laughs) (laughs) wow that's like the best like so far to my knowledge the best use of that uh that whole like intro scene with the people's court song i love that but uh this was great too this really held up for me um it's just awesome and i love how phil just flexes in very short a very short amount of time like he shuts this kid down so fast and he has the experience and you can just tell he targeted things that he had heard around the house and that was it that's how he got the upper hand
2: i thought the whole uh, court scene was done really great yeah this was phil against like an amateur you know i don't i don't want him like that but like this was just a, a beat this is clearly I mean, eric got a couple things in there but i mean phil had him dead to rights especially after he chose to cross-examine hillary
3: yeah this is clearly like a, an experience
2: battle and phil has tons of it yeah so, we guessing some final thoughts here. So, when Carlton leaves for his debate team, he's wearing Nike tennis shoes, which is unusual because his normally he normally wears uh, dress shoes. Mm, I don't know about that. I swear I've seen him wear Nikes before. I swear yeah. I've seen him wear Nikes before.
3: Yeah, me too.
2: And uh, of course, Jazzy Jeff is wearing Jordans, and uh, when he puts his feet up on the uh, in the courtroom there, so <laughs> definitely we got the sponsorships going at one point or another here. The radio in Will's car plays Naughty by Nature's OPP. OPP is a song by the American rap group Naughty by Nature, released in August 1991 as the lead single from their self-titled debut album Naughty by Nature. The song was one of the first rap songs to become a pop hit when it reached number six on the Billboard Hot 100. That's extremely hard to do. And number 35 on the UK singles chart. Its declaration, down with OPP, was a popular catchphrase in the U.S. in the early 1990s, I mean that's a that's probably the, one of the most famous sayings. You done with OPP? Yeah, you know me. You know, like everybody said it. It's like everybody knows. Programmed it. into you. Yeah, man. Eric was played by Emmy-nominated actor and director Malcolm Jamal Warner, and he's born in New Jersey, New Jersey. Excuse me, Jersey City, New Jersey. And he was named after Malcolm X and legendary jazz pianist Ahmad Jamal. So. There you go. Warner first rose to national prominence by starring on the celebrated and long-running classic television series The Cosby Show as Theodore Huxtable. His work on the show garnered him a primetime Emmy nod uh, for Outstanding Supporting Actor in a Comedy Series. Wow. Have you ever seen uh, The Cosby Show? I actually haven't. Yeah, I haven't either. Uh... I've seen some episodes here or there, but it was kind of past my time. I mean, shit, I was young when Fresh Prince of Bel-Air came out, when Cosby show came out. Uh, originally, I think I might have been like three years old.
3: I think I had seen, I've definitely seen clips here and there, but it's definitely, it just uh, never really made me want to check it out, honestly.
2: Right. I have the, uh, didn't grasp me. And past syndicated earrings on TBS and ABC Family, the first segment of the courtroom scene where everyone is walking is deleted, which is too bad because it's awesome. It just mm-hmm. went to the part where Eric comes in. Current airings on BD restored this scene, but skipped the scene where Will Carlton and Hillary play rock, paper, scissors. Yeah, I mean, that, that part's, you know. That's a better scene, so okay. Yeah. <laughs> The court scene features music from the People's Court. The People's Court is an American arbitration-based reality court show presided over by retired Florida State Circuit Court Judge Merlin Millian. Millian, the show's longest reigning arbiter, handles small claim disputes in a simulated courtroom set. So uh, there you go. Uh, The People's Court ranks as the second longest running courtroom series in franchise history or in history behind Divorce Court and the third highest rated after Judge Judy and the hot bench. So, dang, there you go. And uh, just to finish off on uh, Mr. Huxtable there, because I must have inserted this right in between. He's actually, uh, he plays A.J. Austin on The Resident. So we're talking about Eric here. And uh, he was featured on sixth episode of Suits in 2016. He has worked regularly on TV for his entire career. And uh, because of his articulate way of speaking, is often cast in lawyer or courtroom-related roles. So there you go.
3: Makes sense.
2: Yep. If anybody's seen uh, Dexter... He was uh, he did a one episode bit as Rita's lawyer in one of the episodes with the courtroom. So there you go. And finally, Judge Harry Wilson's played by Richard McKenzie. Uh Richard was born on June 2, 1930. He's still alive um, as Richard Cruz McKenzie. He is an actor known for known for his roles in being there from 1979, MacGyver from 1985 and Corvette Summer from 1978. He is 90 years old, and I believe his last TV credit was around 2002. Oh, wow. So he's been inactive for a while. Yes, sir. Yep, he has been. Yeah. And uh, for the zinger or uh, funny line of the show.
5: So then, Eric, did you two have a nice time at dinner? Oh, yes, ma'am. The restaurant Mr. Banks recommended was excellent. The view was magnificent, and of course, it was only enhanced by your beautiful daughter.
4: <laughs> oh, and I can definitely
5: see where she gets her looks from.
4: <laughs>
5: Man, see, I thought you sucked up. You're just a
6: dustbuster compared to that dude. <laughs> yeah, when I'm his age, I'll be twice to
5: suck up. I don't know what it is, but you look a little different this evening.
4: I made him take off those tired glasses.
5: Well, she thinks I look like Blair Underwood without them. (laughs) Obviously, Hillary, the one that needed glasses.
2: (laughs) Carlton clearly not getting it there that Will's trying to give him a a bit of a backhanded compliment if you will. Will. Get it, Will? (laughs) Yeah. So, Ryan, man, give us your uh, thoughts and your rating on this episode. Yeah, so as I clearly said, um, I have a like
3: nostalgia boost for this e- for this episode. I love it. Um, there's nothing I hate about it. There's nothing I would have changed. If I had to really really nitpick, um, maybe just add more Jeffrey and Ashley. Even though Jeffrey had some lines, Ashley barely had anything. But I, you I know, don't think she Ashley was really, on the show. She was. I think she was sitting in the uh, the courtroom next to her mom. Okay. So that was the only thing i saw of that's an easy payday sure yeah there you go just show up and sit down um but whatever i don't think it needed it uh i thought that the humor was pretty good for what it was I i saw a lot of character development here i like the uh the new character i like that hillary's in a relationship with him and i like that uh we get to see uncle phil do what uncle phil does in a courtroom and it's been a while since we've seen that i don't think we've seen that in uh since like early season one episodes. So just overall like good. Like I- I've i come to the realization recently that um these shows, I think anything in general in any kind of media, it's very hard to give it a ten out of ten and say that it's perfect. I honestly think nothing's perfect. So with that being said, I'm giving it a ten out of ten because I'm biased. Nostalgia kind of took over with the rose tinted goggles, but I dare anyone to say like what is really the the what's wrong with this episode? I don't think you can say anything's really wrong with it. It kept me entertained. I don't know about you, but the pace of it going really quick, just hitting you like just shot after shot. I thought it was good. Um, it really fit the, uh, the the topics involved in the episode because you don't really need time on that stuff to develop it in like a deep, impactful way. This is just kind of. To me, showing where the characters are at, Will getting a car, Carlton kind of being sidelined as a not the suck up of the you know the main suck up, Hillary's in a relationship, Uncle Phil's at work, like it's just cool. I just like to see the updated uh, the update status on the characters, so to speak. So for that, ten out of ten. I think
2: uh, I think it's an amazing episode, and it really it's one of my favorites. Very good, ten out of ten. I give this episode a seven out of ten. Um, there's a couple good gags in this episode. The jokes were okay nothing really right home about um but you're right it was never boring i was entertained the entire time but i just found the tempo to be a little bit too fast for me but it's okay because like we always say they try to shove so much into 22 minutes and in this episode we're trying to do like an entire full ass like court scene which they got done in about two and a half minutes so that's pretty good right there um what I will nitpick at, Phil not getting too upset at Will really surprised me. Um, especially that now that Phil's... It's almost like Will put him in this position where Phil has to now go in and take on Eric, right? The uh, young upstart from the, uh, from the law firm. So I thought Phil never even getting mad at Will was kind of strange. But this might be more to the fact of... Phil now sees Will as his son. And so you get certain passes like that. You know what I mean? Especially, uh, I noticed it before the credits when Phil's coming downstairs to grab a midnight snack or whatever. And he goes, what are you watching, son? You know, just like a really nice way of uh, saying, hey, Mm -hmm. what you doing? What you up to, man? So that was fine. Um, Yeah. Then again, I said, um, yeah, Phil not getting too upset at Will really surprised me. But then again, this was a little bit of a Saturn episode. I think we kind of went a little bit crazy there at the end, especially in the courtroom. But um, again, there is no come to Jesus moment here. Not that there needs to be. I think sometimes if you're going to have an episode that goes off the rails a little bit, um, bringing it back to Jesus just makes it a little bit more. It's a little bit jarring at times. And you don't always need that kind of Danny Tanner needs to talk to DJ about why she drove the car through the kitchen, you know? Yeah. The, funnest, the funniest parts of the episode were when Phil picks up jazz and throws him into the house, and also when Jeffrey is uh, making lunch and dancing to uh, Naughty by Nature. I thought that was really, really good. So there you go. 7 out of 10 from me, 10 out of 10 from Ryan. That's a 17 out of 20. I would say that's a pretty damn good episode overall. I think your score is blasphemy, but let's get on with the song.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's not blasphemy. Um <laughs> It was really, really fast, though. I mean, if you went to go make a sandwich and came back, like you'd miss most of the episode, you know what I'm saying? Um, And we're going to see later on, and you'll see that I'm not wrong, when there will be a come-to-Jesus moment for things that are not even as serious as this. This is pretty... I want to see this little fender bender serious, but the fact that he could have lost this case and been out... You know, thirty-five thousand dollars for a new car, or at least twenty-five hundred for the damages. That would have really, really sucked. But um, again, it's okay, and we'll see in a couple episodes with the uh, with the episode where they try to uh, film the the music video inside the house. There's going to be more receipts in that one. But I would say that one's more innocent than this one, you know. Um, but again, we'll find out when we get there. So there you go. And speaking of which, fuck it. We're going to get into some naughty by Nature right now. <laughs> and we'll see you guys after the break. dad <laughs> <laughs> speaking of court uh my dad has a online court thing tomorrow so i gotta call in and represent them <laughs> are you serious how topical is that yeah so my dad's got uh, this ticket that he got last year and for the phone right <laughs> he, yeah so he i i gotta go in and defend him tomorrow so i basically gotta call it my only job is to just delay the proceedings for the next available date. So, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens.
3: That's awesome. That yeah. is totally on brand for this episode.
2: <laughs> yeah. He, he was a bad boy getting caught driving without an uh, expired license. So um, he's going to try to push it. And then he's going to have to lawyer up. Like, it's, it's a pretty serious charge. Money-wise, anyway. They don't put you in jail here for stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, money-wise. So we're going to try to move it uh, another... Uh, another few months and see what happens from there so yeah that's tomorrow he's probably just calling me to remind me about that Mm-hmm. Damsky.
3: man I'm gonna pass out in here there's like a I got like a diffuser in here and I put this very strong scent and it's just been in my nose the whole time and like I'm lightheaded and I drank some wine what kind of scent tea tree
2: oh yeah it's a, that's a that's a strong one
3: tea tree goes right up your brain mm-hmm. right up there <laughs>
2: podcast fresh
3: all right everybody welcome back to the show let's get into the second part of podcast fresh fresh Prince of bel-air um so we're gonna be at season two episode 10 the episode titled hi ho silver original air date november 18th 1991 so we start in the kitchen ashley's doing her schoolwork when will walks in and tells her that he has the magic trick he's been trying to do just downpacked. so he has this whole act that he's just he's really eager to to get right Ashley says, please, Will, last time you tried a magic trick, it took two months for my hair to grow back. And then Will says, well, that was then, this is now, just give me another chance. So the great Will Dini, as he calls himself, grabs a black bag and Philip enters the room. Uh, He takes Ashley's watch, puts it in the bag, starts shaking it while saying, boom shakalaka, boom shakalaka. (laughs) And then Ashley says, what happened to Abracadabra? And Will says, no, this is black magic, Ash. So that's awesome to play on black magic, but black magic, Yeah. Okay, great. Uh, So he flips the bag and confetti falls out. So he did this. He actually pulled this trick off. Second, Ashley and Phil are impressed. So the second trick comes on. He puts a bottle in a brown paper bag and then sets it on the table. He says, Shaka Khan a couple times and then just slams down the bag with his fist and there's nothing in the bag anymore. So Phil and Ashley, like they're really into it now. They're just super impressed. Will then does... A last trick. He says he needs a dollar bill for this one. But Phil says he only has a 20. So he pulls out a 20. Gives it to Will. Will says it'll do. Will starts intricately folding it in such a weird way. And you think he's going somewhere. He then starts uttering the magic words. Going. Going. Gone. He dashes to the door. We get an outside shot of the house. And we see Uncle Phil just screaming. whoa He's obviously chasing him. And we go into the intro. Um... What do you think of that intro?
2: <laughs> I like uh the last part will running away with the money. I think that was hilarious. That's an awesome way to do it. You um, never
3: give a magician money
2: ever ever
3: no, never. he really um did payday. he was expecting one dollar he got twenty
2: yeah um
3: I liked it, but again, we're back to this thing where the magic has nothing to do with this episode, <laughs> so we're back to that uh mm-hmm. that old gimmick, but anyway. The credits roll and after we're in the Banks house where Vivian is serving the kids some organic hot cereal. They all look grossed out. They don't want to eat it. Will sarcastically says that soy milk would go great with an oatmeal <laughs> that Vivian uh, Vivian turns around and goes to get the milk because she thinks he's actually being serious. Uh, as soon as her, her back turns around, the kids pull out a bag and they throw all their oatmeal in it. Uh, Carlton he holds it out. I don't know where he got it from. And then he hides it when Viv turns around. And Carlton says, oh, I just can't get enough of this oatmeal. And Vivian says, I know. That's why I made twice as much this time. Turns around. Will says, great. You keep dishing it out, and we'll keep finding some place to put it. Uh, Aunt Viv tells them to serve themselves because she has to go and help Ashley with her hair. The three start talking amongst themselves, and we find out that Vivian actually quit her job and is now around the house a lot more. seems like a full-time just mom now. I like... I like how funny this is, like this whole thing where she's been prepared to give them twice as much, so the whole bag thing did not work. Mm. I was expecting this to go south at some point, but that that was just a nice little twist that that I liked.
2: Yeah.
4: Look, I know mom's a lousy cook, but all the same, I'm really glad that she quit her job.
6: Yeah, I mean, having her home all the time is great. I mean, you know, she picks our clothes out for us and checks our homework and, you know, cuts the crust off the end of our bread. Hey, look, that woman must be stopped, (laughs) y'all. Well,
0: that uh, diet and exercise regimen your mother put me on has really changed my life. I never felt better. (laughs) So nice having her home all the time. She wakes up cheerful in the morning, leaves little
5: love notes in my briefcase, calls me up at work just to chat. (sighs) That woman must be stopped.
6: baby, how was
5: your walk? Wonderful. (laughs) Madam, I have taken the liberty of polishing your grandmother's silver for tonight's dinner party. Whoa. Is Ed G. a fellow Michael Thomas? (laughs) I take it you're referring to this charming ensemble which your aunt insisted (laughs) I wear. It is only my humble opinion that that
3: woman must be stopped. (laughs) Ciao.
2: <laughs> now, I want everyone home at 7.30 sharp, yes?
3: So we find out from Vivian that Sonia Lamore is coming to the house for dinner. She is a uh, a real-life actress, obviously in real life if she's playing Sonia Lamore, but she's also an actress in this show. Um, so along with some neighbors, she's going to come to this little party. Uh, we jump to that party scene, and we see how miserable the family is having... Uh, how miserable the, how miserable the family is sorry having vivian pick everyone's outfits for the evening vivian decided to go with like this whole plaid look for the kids uh at least for the girls yeah so vivian has like this plaid dress and then ashley walks in with a plaid dress with like some princess leia looking gimmicks on her head um willa says they look like earmuffs <laughs> <laughs> uh and then um like vivian comes and she's just oh she's so excited that that ashley looks that way and that they're matching will says don't worry ash one day you'll be laughing about this with your therapist and it's just funny the whole thing And hillary walks in also wearing a a plaid dress but she's covering it with this big black coat at first and when they call her out she opens it up and so the the daughters and the mom are are matching it's really nice but obviously they're just not into this look um so vivian uh we pan over to her and she's with philip and they're looking at poor henry firth as she refers to him henry firth is obviously the um the, the co-founder of um of the company the the sorry, oh, what are, like the law firm the law firm yeah. that uh, Phil works for and he's at the party he's attending and um, Vivian's saying that ever since his divorce he's been in one meaningless relationship after another and we see we pan over to him and he's talking to this really like gorgeous blonde chick and he's laughing and Phil's just looking and you could tell Phil is just kind of jealous kind of envious kind of wishes that was him and. Vivian's just kind of waiting for him to, to snap out of it to say something to her she slaps him and then he just goes yeah makes me want to cry
2: <laughs> yeah like what a horrible existence that guy has
3: what a terrible life that guy must have um Jeffrey walks in and he introduces Sonia L'Amour obviously the night um uh, the special guest of the night
5: <clears throat> Miss Sonia L'Amour oh. yeah!
3: intros to everyone this is my daughter these are my sons this is my nephew these are my neighbors this is my lawyer all that um she she her famous catchphrase is no pictures as she walks in it's kind of funny i don't know why she's just really hot she she's really high on herself um vivian's kind of giving her a tour of the room she brings her to the next room where there's some cake she asks her if she wants some cake she says no but then she says, maybe just a little slice. Vivian cuts a little slice. And she said, I, l- I said a little slice, not crumbs. So Vivian mm. p- cuts this big-ass piece, a-, a piece that, honestly, I would eat. And um, then uh, Will walks in at that moment. He asks Sonia, oh, y- can we get a picture? And she says, oh, of course. And then Will hands her the camera so she could take a picture of him.
2: <laughs> right. Ridiculous. That old trick.
3: And that old trick. It's so Will Smith. Um, and then at the last of all this, this whole sequence, we get um, a contract that she brings up that she's trying to sue someone for. And she brings it to Phil's attention. And Phil says that he's going to work on it with a law firm. And Henry Firth is there too. So they take it and they look at it. Um, so the next day happens. And everybody wakes up and they cannot find, uh, they can't seem to find the special silverware that Aunt Viv has like it's one of her most cherished possessions um so they're looking the family's checking everywhere uh but before that happens my mistake Aunt Viv is making a cake so that uh the boys can drop off at Sonia's house since they're gonna go on a little trip to the record store anyway but when they realize the silverware goes missing they kind of ditch that they kind of look all over the place but then at some point they give up they can't find it Vivian tells the boys, look, you guys should go drop off this cake anyway. We'll continue to look for it. So then they do that and they head to Sonia's house. Chris, what do you think of this episode so far?
2: Zaza Gabor is uh, playing a, a version of herself. And uh, just a slight little correction. Yes, she is an actress in this and she is an actress in real life, but she was more of a socialite. She's more, she was kind of like the uh, Paris Hilton of her time, right? And mm. she made movies. And she had notoriety, and she got married, like, a ton of times. But it was off the back of, like, her extravagant lifestyle. Like, she lived in, like, ridiculous houses. Ridiculous, uh, you know, just her her style, the carpets that she Over had, the way top. she outfitted her house. You know what I mean? Um, she's very much comes across almost high maintenance. But in this episode, she doesn't come across that way. She comes across more like a... Just that nice old lady that used to work in Hollywood that lives next door and out. Right you know what I mean? But, right, um, yes, yeah. yeah, so I don't really have any thoughts on it. It's it's I I kind of remember this episode, you know, with the silverware going missing. But what I do like is um, when uh, Jeffrey breaks the news, he goes, somebody's somebody's uh, somebody's stolen all their silverware. And i uh, stole stolen my, uh, my jacket and my clothes as well.
3: Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, because he did not like his outfit. Yeah, so
2: <laughs> earlier on, uh, Ann Viv has basically given everybody a makeover, from Jeffrey to uh, all the girls. Did she even give Phil new clothes as well?
3: Mm, I don't think she touched Phil, Carlton, and Will.
2: Right. Will, I mean, if I can give him the anti-fashion award, that sweater is he might as well have gotten his aunt to choose something nicer for him, but um, yeah, no, it was just funny. And uh, Jeffrey looked like a badass in that outfit. That uh, that uh, Viv, put oh my together god, for him. he looked like Lance Vance from GTA Vice City, right? <laughs> it's very, awesome. it's very obvious where Hillary gets her fashion sense from from her mother. Um, although I think what's happened is. Um, her mom was try- has, has been spending so much time at home now that, uh, and she knows the kind of people that are coming over, so she wants to kind of appease everybody. And that's why she's kind of dressed everybody like that. But some very interesting costume choices for this episode.
3: Hmm, maybe we should bring back the fashion file. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Uh, so, yes. At Sonia's house, they arrive, they drop off the cake, and she invites them in to come in for a bit. She tells them to wait in the kitchen, or no, sorry, the dining room. And all she asks is for them to not eat the entire cake. So she's obviously said, you know, go sit there, have some cake with me. It'll be great, whatever. Will also starts beefing with Sonia's pet parrot. <laughs> he says to parrot, hey, Paul, you want a cracker? And the parrot says, Will is a cracker. That's my favorite part. That is my favorite part, too. Will walks away and says, yeah, and your mother poops on papers. I don't know why that got a pop. I think that's one of the things you were talking about. That wasn't, like, the best comeback. That line okay. sucked. It really did suck. I don't really... I was expecting something a lot more, especially if you're going to walk away from the parrot like that, but, okay. Yeah, it
2: he should have said, said to the parrot, boy, if you don't shut up, I will turn you into parrot paste or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> just like just,
3: uh, just roasted chicken or something like Yeah, well, it's not a chicken,
2: it, but yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. Well, yeah. you yeah. know,
3: like whatever, roasted parrot, that's not really a thing though, so I say chicken. But uh yeah, anyways, we're trying to say We been talking it sucks. about a
2: lot of birds lately. Last last week we talked about the caca. <laughs> oh yeah, we were. <laughs>
3: that's Caca's awesome. what I had for lunch. The <laughs> playback. I'm not going to tell you what that means in Portuguese. <laughs> right. Anyway, uh they then uh so they start Uh, eating the cake, Carlton's cutting up little pieces for Carlton and Will. Uh, Will walks towards the cake because he's about to have some, and then we're going to run the scene, but they have this realization when they reach for a fork.
6: Will, use a fork. Oh, come on, man. I ain't using this wimpy fork.
7: This is not a wimpy fork. This is a hand-engraved silver dessert jumping Jehoshaphat.
4: (laughs) All right, man.
7: All right, I'll use the fork.
6: Will, I'm telling you, this is mom's. Miss Lamont must have taken it quick! Down 911! Whoa, whoa, whoa,
4: whoa. <laughs> Come on,
6: man, look, you don't want to send her to jail. Remember what happened to her in a hussy Behind Bars?
4: <laughs>
6: we must confront her. Wait, wait, wait. Come on, man, what are you tripping? You're going to jeopardize Uncle Phil's chances of getting a book contract. Then <sighs> what do you suggest we do? I'll mean, say we do what's fair and just for both parties. Steal it back and run like that. <laughs>
3: <laughs> when Sonia comes back, Will tells Carlton or Will tells her that Carlton would love a tour of the house. And the whole point of this is so that they walk off and he can be alone in the dining room to steal back the silverware. So he obviously starts grabbing all the silverware, starts just putting it in his pockets. Every step he he makes from now on, you can just hear all the silverware rattling. Uh, So yeah, they get back to the house. Will's pockets full of spoons, knives, and forks. Carlton felt like a big-time villain. Meanwhile, Will thinks this is like one of the most pathetic heists of all time. I found that really funny. Uh, Vivian walks in all happy, saying she got her silverware back. And Carlton says, oh, how'd you know? And she says, oh, the caterers brought them back. The the whole... The heist that they did, everything seemed to go smoothly, and then Aunt Viv brings the new, breaks the news that the caterers brought back to Silverware. Do you find this um as like a feasible real life kind of thing that can happen? Do you do you find it humorous at all? What do of you think?
2: course, yeah, absolutely. I mean definitely. You know, if anybody's ever taken something that you're not supposed to, and then you're trying to put it back, but then you're weighing your options, you're like, man, but what if I try to go bring it back and I get caught putting it back? You know, like that would be a very, very bad thing. I like uh Will and Carlton's facial reactions when Vivian tells them that the caterers has brought the silver war back. I think that's where the money shot is. I really enjoyed uh how those two kind of sold that part. <laughs> is the silver in your pockets? No, I'm just extremely happy to see
6: you
7: <laughs> We did it! God, I was fantastic! The adrenaline was flowing, the nerves of steel were calm and steady.
6: <laughs> Carlton, please, we lifted some silverware from a neighbor and I had to slap you twice to keep you from driving us to Mexico.
7: <laughs> well, uh, I just thought we should lay low until the heat was off.
6: <laughs> Yo, Viv, good news. You said it. I got my silverware back. How'd you know? The caterers brought it back.
4: Uh-huh. Uh-huh.
6: I have service for eight in my drawers.
3: Anyways, they hatch uh, out a plan. They've tried to figure out what to do now because they know that they've actually stolen something and they got to figure out what to do. Uh, So they hatch out this plan to return the stolen goods with no trace and Will says we just need someone like dumb, like like just dumb muscle, a saint that has no idea with, about anything, to help us out. So now Hillary is involved in this whole shenanigan thing. Uh, in the next scene, we're at Sonia's house again, and Hillary is walking with Sonia as they plan a little trip. They seem to go on a shopping trip. As soon as they leave, Carlton and Will break in. Now let me emphasize this: Carlton is dressed in all black with a ski mask and they're at the window and he's trying to pry open this window Will gets up because he's sick of Carlton trying to do this and he just opens the door and it's like he just walks in and then Carlton looks inside as Will is in there and he says oh my god there's a black guy in there and then Carlton's just like Will? Will? and he's looking around and he realizes that it's Will in there and it's just one of the most this is probably the most off the wall as it gets. Like, okay, that's kind of funny. But Jesus Christ, <laughs> that's a, definitely a Jupiter moment. Right. Um, but it did its job. It's fine. Uh, Carlton walks in after and he's prepared. He has this huge bag with all this like heist equipment, this criminal, like just burglar stuff. And uh, he's like, I brought these gloves so we don't leave prints. Yellow or blue. And Will just doesn't look impressed with this. And he goes with it. He says yellow. He grabs them and just smacks Carlton in the head. <laughs> yeah <laughs> and he just says look let's get this over with man uh so but before they can make any moves they hear the girls coming back Hillary seemed to have forgot her car keys somewhere so Carlton ducks behind the couch and will just finds the closest place he goes behind the curtain uh while he's there there's a plant that just keeps making him sn- like sneeze because it's like right at his nose and Hillary and Sonia while they're looking for the keys they say bless you to each other when they hear the sneeze, and they just they're kind of confused, but they, they also don't think anything of it and they just kind of resume looking right. for the keys. I thought that was a little odd, but okay. This is definitely way more into Jupiter than you would think it would go, and that's like one of the issues I have with this episode. Mm-hmm. But it is what it is. Uh, what do you think of this so far? This whole predicament,
2: I mean, it's we're getting into the thick of it now, you know. Um kind of all i gotta say about that i don't know <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah, it's just no. crazy finish, let, we'll finish off this scene
3: um so will kind of points to carlton gives him a signal that the keys are on top of this little coffee tray so carlton grabs them and tries to kind of chuck them to make hillary notice and the keys don't make noise because it's all carpet so they don't you know obviously they're not hitting wood and uh but it doesn't make noise hillary doesn't see it and they decide to uh to go look in the uh dining room Car- Carlton and Will are now kind of arguing. They're like, what do we do now? Oh, my God. But then they come back. Carlton again jumps behind the couch and Will, too far from the curtain this time, just kind of freezes in this like kind of awkward pose. Yeah. <laughs> he's like bent over with his arm out and he's next to a cutout of Sonia that she keeps in her like living room. And no one notices this. I thought this was weird because it seemed like Hillary was looking right at him, like from her angle. Yeah, and a little bit, I a little thought, bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. That could have been I think that could have been a really cool uh, addition to the episode. If she did notice him and they kind of went in that direction. Yeah, but they didn't. They didn't. Um, so whatever. Hillary then suggests that they check the powder room. So they leave. Will and Carlton, though, make a break for the dining room. But then the doorbell goes off. Sonya opens the door. And it's Uncle Phil, of all people. Mm -hmm. As if this wasn't crazy enough. He's done with the documents and came to drop them off. Sonia, of course, keeping on brand, invites uh, Philip to come into the dining room so that they could look it over, maybe have some cake, who knows. Carlton and Will, in the meantime, have ducked under the table. So now these two are sitting at the table, very small table. Carlton and Will are basically just... An inch away from either pe- uh, person's foot, and then eventually, they do start kind of tripping and touching e- uh, Phil and Sonia's feet. <laughs> Meanwhile, <laughs> Phil and Sonia are thinking that they are touching each other.
4: Darling, you're magnificent.
5: That's what my wife always says. You remember my wife, Vivian, <laughs> mother of my children?
4: That lovely lady in the plaid. How could I forget her? <laughs> Philip, may I ask you, are you happily married?
5: Uh, oh, yes. Very happy. Extremely happily. You know, when we walk down the street, deer eat from our hand.
2: Which reminds me, I don't focus animals.
4: Uh.
6: What the hell is this? Please, darling, you too kind. No pictures.
3: <laughs> and then they kind of, I think Phil catches on. He kind of starts hitting someone under the table. And he says, wait a minute. And he puts his hand around and he puts his hand right on Will's face. Just right, like grabs his face. Yeah. What a big ass mitt Phil has mm-hmm. <laughs> to grab his big whole dude. face. Big dude. Um, so the jig is up. Will gets up with Carlton, Will confesses what's going on. Carlton however is not taking this great and he just goes nuts saying that he's going to go to jail. However, there's a cop that does show up saying that he saw reports of a breaking and entering. So this is obviously alluding to when Carlton and Will were at the window. Right. Um, some neighbors had to have seen it. They called the cops. He just arrived at that moment. Carlton's going nuts. Thinks he's going to go to jail. He's going to do a lot of time. He's in big trouble just going crazy and in a moment of like just spasms he grabs the gloves and hits the cop
7: I didn't want to steal the silver and I didn't want to break back in to return it and I didn't want to hide under the furniture like a bad old episode of Laverne and Shirley now I'm going to be sent off to rotten jail this is all your fault
2: (laughs) I have witnesses it wasn't me
3: they're just kind of, like, dismissing this whole thing. Like, okay, Carlton, just relax. I bet if it was, like, Will or something, he'd get in trouble. But because Carlton is just unnaturally like this, they're just kind of playing it off. Like, he just needs some time alone. He needs <laughs> he needs nap time. Right. Um, but after that, I mean, all seems to be forgiven. They all have their stories straight. And that's the end of the episode. Overall, I think an odd episode, to say the least. Mm-hmm. It uh, I think it deserved a better ending than that. I think a lot could have been done to make it more interesting if they were going to go this route of just like going to mars um but anyway before i ask what you think let me just get into the final thoughts trivia facts and goofs uh trivia sonia lamore's line who is uh zaza gabor as you've said yes i did it and he deserved to be slapped she says that in the show, it was in reference to her 1989 arrest when she was when she slapped a police officer for stopping her for a traffic violation. That's nuts. So I know nothing about this woman, so I read that and I was like, "Whoa, that's awesome."
2: Yeah, she uh, she slapped a cop. That's crazy. She slapped a cop. Uh, I got something here. Hold on a second. And they used it in the show. Like that's just genius. <laughs> well, I don't know if it's genius, but they're kind of playing it off. So on June 14th, 1989 in Beverly Hills, uh, Gabor was accused of slapping the face of Beverly Hills officer Paul Kramer when he stopped her for a traffic violation at uh, blah, blah, blah. At, uh, at trial three months later, a jury convicted her of a slapping Kramer. They also found her guilty of driving without a license and possessing a open container of alcohol, which was a flask of Jack Daniels in her $215,000 Rolls Royce, but acquitted her of the charge of disobeying Kramer when she drove away from the traffic stop. (laughs) On October 25, 1989, Beverly Hills Municipal Judge Charles G. Rubin sentenced Gabor to serve three days in jail to pay fines and restitution totaling $12,937 to perform 120 hours of community service and to undergo a psychiatric evaluation. On June 14, 1990, Gabor dropped her conviction appeal and instead agreed to serve her sentence. However, she refused to take part in community service and served just three days in jail from July 27 to July 30, 1990. That's wow. crazy. There you go. She went to jail for three days. Damn. Well, when you're rich and powerful, I guess uh, you know you can make things work like that.
3: Yeah, totally. That's proven in today's world, yeah. too right thank you for that uh goofs will and carlton are in sonia lamore's kitchen eating cake when will turns to grab the silverware in the next shot there are two pieces of cake on the table but before there was only one so this is like this goes hand in hand with like cups being fuller or lesser than in shots uh same kind of thing with the food I wonder how much cake they had to eat or put aside just to get that right. A couple things on Zazai Gabor. First appearance in any kind of movie was called Lovely to Look At in 1952. That was a very long time ago. Damn. Uh, She's also made appearances on very popular things like the original Batman uh, series with, uh, what's his name? Adam West. Uh, She she played Mervina. I'm not... very familiar with this villain, maybe it's just a villain of the time, but she played Mervina and uh, seems to be just in a couple episodes. That was in 1968. She was also on Nightmare on Elm Street uh, 3, Dream Warriors in 1987. Very popular series there. In 1991, which was the same year that she appeared in this show, she was on the Naked Gun Two and a Half: The Smell of Fear, along with uh, Leslie Nielsen there. And her last bit of work was in 1996, a very Brady sequel. And ever since then, she kind of stopped. Um, I mean, she just didn't uh, do any more acting. She seemed to just be a celebrity and live it up. Uh, she lived a long life, though. She she lived to be 99. She died uh, December 18th, 2016 in L.A. And she's actually from Budapest, Hungary. That's interesting. Very, very interesting. I thought she was American, like most people are. <laughs>
2: Well, you can tell by her thick accent that she's probably not. You know what I mean? She's but, probably uh, not. Yeah,
3: yeah. 100%.
2: Yeah. Wow. 99. Yeah. Just four months short of 100. Yeah. That's
4: Insane.
3: cool. Huh? Born. Uh, yeah. Born February 6th. She would have been 100 two months later. Wow. Nuts. And that's it for Zaza Gabor. That's it for the goofs. Uh, Chris, tell me what you thought of this whole show. Give me your rating.
2: Uh, I'm going to give this show a, a, a 6 out of 10. I thought it was fine, um, but again, I don't know what it is when you, they bring in these white people. You know, it just it just mixes up everything a little bit. It takes away from the flavor a little bit of the show, um, which is crazy. I know some people are like, "What? It's supposed to be multicultural." I know, but I don't know. I just you know, it's a black comedy. I'd rather just keep it with the the family and Will Smith and everybody else being black. You know, like that's just kind of how I enjoy the show. Um, there's certainly the white characters. There are some of them that I really like, like Kellogg, for example. I really like, I like Kellogg, I like Coach Smiley. <laughs> um, um, I like uh, the white butler that's Jeffrey's friend, I like him too. But I find that sometimes these episodes go a little bit too crazy, you know. This episode kind of reminds me of the one where uh, Jeffrey's friend's daughter is like a complete like crazy person and she like brings (laughs) trouble to will when he's trying to like to take her out and stuff like that so you're right these episodes do go to saturn and um you know i enjoyed it it's fine but i prefer just you know the uh just like the kind of regular ish episodes where we're either at school or something's happening there At the beginning of the episode, because all the kids were dressed up going to school, I thought this was going to be a school episode. Uh, But instead, it ended up being at the Banks Mansion. So, um, yeah, no, it was fine. I didn't think it was particularly that funny. I mean, the parrot was like the funniest thing, especially when he called Will a cracker. That was really funny. (laughs) But uh, I will put an asterisk next to this episode in that I only saw it one and a half times. Usually, I watch every episode about two or three times. I only saw it once and a half, so I might consider changing the score at some point, but, you know, I'll give it a 6 out of 10 for now. Very good. Uh, I'm going to give it... Originally, I was going to give it higher, but
3: upon further realization, because I saw the episode again today before we went on, um, it's, it's very... It's good fun. It's not supposed to be taken serious, especially when you have an actress like this. Um, you can... I can see why you wouldn't like an episode like this if you're like a viewer, but I think it depends on your personality and what you think of stuff like this in general, where you have like kind of a goofball character off the wall who's kind of unrealistic, kind of not. So I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10. I thought the humor was pretty good. I liked seeing Carlton and Will work together on this one. We don't see that enough. They're usually separated. They're usually kind of head to head. Uh, But here they're forced to work together to not get caught and not get in trouble. It's obviously a little off the walls. There's a like a huge coincidence of like four members of the same household appearing in this woman's house is just not gonna, you know, normally won't happen. But you see it here. I think the episode is good fun though. If nothing deep, you're not gonna get anything deep here. If you're looking for character development, you're not gonna get that here. But if you're looking for a laugh, if you want to be entertained, which is I think what we look for in shows like this. Then I think this is a good one to have. So seven out of ten uh, means it's good. It's not a bad episode by no means, and um, there's definitely you could do a, a lot worse uh, with episodes in this series. This I think resonated with me because as a kid I loved the whole fact that they stole something and they had to return it, uh, which is just you know preposterous. Usually when you steal something you just kind of that's it that's the end. And as a kid when I saw it I was very. Uh, Entertained by the idea of stealing something because you think you're doing good and then realizing you kind of messed up, so you got to, you know, put it back without being caught. It's just it kind of works very head to head in those situations. So I like that. So I thought going into it, I I remembered it. I remember those emotions I had with it. So I gave it this high score. But as an adult looking back at it, I can honestly say it's not as good as I once thought it was, but I don't want to completely hinder it because it's still entertaining i had fun it was a good time it's just compared to other episodes you could do better so that's why i went from an eight to a seven and i don't have to justify my score for you but i'm gonna because i'm a nice guy
2: i think you went backwards on that bike buddy i think you went backwards on that bike
3: because i saw this episode again these are
2: two of my favorite episodes yeah but they are
3: (laughs) In season two, they are. I could totally, like, oh, I could tell dude. you right now, by the end, when we have the slammies, the second anniversary, <laughs> that, uh... I don't want to see this episode win shit. This episode won't win anything, but I'm also not going to be the one to say that it deserves less or more. This is going to stay the way it is. So, seven out of ten is a seven out of ten. I have to reserve the eight, nine, and tens for better episodes. I can't give this a ten also, just because I also saw it as a kid. So... I have to pull back the bias strings a little bit and give it a 7. The other one, though, cased up, I really, really enjoy, and I continue to enjoy to this day. So that's why I got a 10 out of 10. But again, I don't have to explain myself to you. I think you just did. I guess I did, because I'm a nice guy. Make sure you swallow before you finish that thought there.
4: i <laughs>
3: I sit alone in my four-cornered room, staring
0: at candles. When that shit is on, let me drop some shit
3: like this here.
0: At night I can't sleep, I toss and turn, candlesticks and the dark visions of bodies being burned. Four walls just staring at a nigga, I'm paranoid sleeping with my finger on the trigger. My mother's always dressing, I ain't living right, but I ain't going out without a fight. See, every time my eyes close, I start sweating, and blood starts coming out my nose. It's somebody watching the act. But I don't know who it is, so I'm watching my back I can see him when I'm deep in the covers When I awake, I don't see the motherfucker He owns a black hat like I own A black suit and a cane like my own Some might say take a chill, B But fuck that shit, there's a nigga trying to kill me I'm popping in the clip when the wind blows Every 20 seconds got me peeping out my window Investigating the joint for traps Taking my telephone for tests I'm staring at the woman on the corner It's fucked up when your mind's playing tricks on you I make big money I drive big cars Everybody know me It's like I'm a movie star But late at night Something ain't right I feel I'm being tailed by the same sucker's headlights. That move that I ran off the block. Or is it that nigga last week that I shot? Or is it the one I beat for five thousand dollars Thought he had came, but it was gold, matter flower flower. Reached under my seat. Grab my papa for the suckers. Ain't no use in the line. I was scared of in a motherfucker. Put the left in the Popeyes and bell out quick. If it's going down, let's get this shit over with. Then they come, just like I figured. I got my hand on the motherfucking trigger. When I saw make your ass start giggling. Three blind, crippling, crazy senior citizens. I live by the swamp. I take my boys everywhere I go because I'm paranoid. I keep looking over my shoulder and peeping around corners. My mind is playing tricks on me. This year Halloween fell on a weekend Me and ghetto boys a trick-or-treating Robbing little kids for bags Till an old man got behind our ass So we speeded up the pace Took a look back and he was right before our face He'd be in for a squabble no doubt So I swung and hit the nigga in his mouth He was going down we figured But this wasn't no ordinary nigga Stood about six or seven feet. Now that's a nigga I'd be seeing in my sleep. So we triple teamed on him. Dropping them motherfucking bees on him. The more I swung, the more blood flew. Then he disappeared and my boys disappeared too. Then I felt just like a fiend. It wasn't even close to Halloween. It was dark as fuck on the streets. My hands were all bloody but punching on the concrete. Goddamn,
3: homie. My mind is playing tricks on me.
2: right thank you for listening everybody you can catch us on instagram at podcast fresh youtube at podcast fresh and facebook at podcast fresh so nice and easy whatever your favorite platform is you can go on there but uh best way to do it is probably on instagram since you get the uh, most of the content and then it's got all the direct links to all of the podcasts ryan where can they find you
3: They can find me at official underscore acapello. If you're interested in some hip hop music or just me in general, give me a follow there. Interact with me. I'll
2: respond. I'm a very, very nice guy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He's a sweetie. Sweetie. Uh, Next week, we got a couple episodes here. I'm looking forward to mine. It's called the Butler did it and it's Phil and Viv. They decided to take a weekend vacation and leave the kids home alone. Hillary and Carlton set up a video shoot with uh, Belle Biv DeVoe in their house, and then everyone must rush to clean up and restore the house before the Banks make it back home. What could possibly go wrong? Uh, Ryan takes on something for nothing. That's the one where Will gets lucky at a fundraiser and wins some money. When Will doesn't follow the club's tradition, it starts rumors about the Banks family. Meanwhile, Ashley is too young to go to the fundraiser, so she and Jeffrey set up their own poker night.
3: I don't remember that episode to save my life. I don't remember any of these, to be honest. At least not by description.
2: Well, the the first one is the music video one where they're making the music video. I honestly don't know. You don't remember no. that one? And they repeat it three, four times because Will keeps getting into the into the, into the the dance. Maybe when I see it, but right oh now, no, nothing comes to mind. What the? F- really? Yeah, no. What is I, happening I know. Today? I know
3: next week when we do this. You're disappointing me. You're disappointing me. Dis- I disappoint a lot of people. But, this uh, is crazy. <laughs> no, I bet next week. How
2: can you not remember that? Are you saying- I don't remember
3: that. What do you want me to say? <laughs> I, but I bet next week when we do this shit, I'm going to remember it. And then you're going to be oh like, see, I God. told you you'd remember it. And I'll be like, well, my bad.
2: <laughs> no, no. Last Dude, week. the music video one is uh, one of my favorites as a kid. I just remember watching that music video. I like the whole idea of they have to keep reshooting the scene over and over again and just will dancing like a jackass is just so legendary. Um uh, so I'm definitely looking forward to uh to doing that one. I hope I, and then this. I I hope I you know what? I hope it
3: doesn't ring a bell at all and I go in with a fresh mind because those are the best to me when I have like a a 2021 view on it. So hopefully I don't remember it. But if I do, I'll admit it. I'll remember it.
2: But anyway, we are done for the night. Um, we'll be back later this week. We'll be back on Friday or Saturday with uh, Podcast Fresh. We got some more uh, video game talk. Uh, what are we talking about in terms of video games, Ryan? So far, um, we're going to talk about Microsoft
3: and the crazy shit they tried to pull. <laughs> that Dang. totally backfired on them. And uh, we just got uh, news of a new Switch being released uh, after it's a Monster Hunter theme. So you should check it out. I'll talk about, a bit about it. Maybe I'll post it on the podcast
2: fresh instagram um but that's it so far in terms of gaming news we look forward to that and on the wrestling side i will talk about uh the wwe network is flipping over to the peacock uh, streaming service so that only affects people in the united states so basically the wwe network will be branded as a peacock uh subscriber service and they're chopping the price down from 9.99 to 4.99 with commercials or you can get it 9.99 without so very interesting we'll talk about what that might mean for uh the future as we get ready and here's the kicker it's a five-year deal worth one billion dollars so that's a lot of money and uh it just makes you wonder for a company that uh has been cutting people last year all through covid uh, you know nickel and diming a lot of the wrestlers because they can't have twitch streams they can't have this or they can't have that trying to monetize what the wrestlers are doing but on the other side you just signed a one billion dollar deal for uh the streaming service so we'll talk about that on podcast fresh cafe until then i'm chris torres and uh ryan anything else my brother
3: that's it actually enjoy this song uh last song i released maybe a week ago maybe two weeks at this point i don't know it's called jungle if you like it uh give me support on instagram and soundcloud thank you
1: I'm going, I just pull up and I feel the vibe You ain't gotta talk because you motherfuckers full of lies You ain't gotta mend it, little shoddy, you ain't gotta lie Bitch, I'm coming in, so slide them panties all up to the side Need a ton of smoking liquor with me, I mean ASAP. Bitches
2: wanna fuck with Ryan, really,
1: they get a cap Really, they get a cap Way back in the Maybach Still don't wanna fuck with me, then homie, hit the playback Don't ask me no questions on this, this shit gon' be televised My heart be so cold that you would think the homie mechanized Going for For the throat these motherfuckers made me weaponized Dialing as a bitch like my name was really Mordecai I treat this like some PE, I run it I need a GED from it You rappers all make me vomit With all your 1, 2, 3 sonnets With all the C's on it I get more brain in my pockets Than you got behind your sockets Right from my chick who's a rocket Who's got an ass like a comet Man, look at me spit like a faucet I've been speaking that truth like a prophet All of y'all been smoking composite All of y'all know my shit's like chronic And y'all can never get enough I'm a diamond in the rough Wanna act like me Tryna talk that she? I'm so armed lately At the top, maybe I'm the one, might be chosen one, like me. Kept it real, my G. While these fakes round me, I've been going so hard. Water bottles and handy. They said you for the stars. I've been popping celebrities. They said I be from Mars. It's what I meant by longevity, bitch. I came real far. These motherfuckers in debt to me. Want me out there in Beverly? Where them weirdos and wackers be? Got me spending my energy trying to make me some enemies. Man, I ain't about felonies. I'm a way higher entity. Man, I'm making a legacy. While y'all lacking identity, I don't fuck with. The jealousy, I stay focused on equity. I be singing my melody, that's the ultimate remedy. Come at me, motherfuckers, y'all be getting slapped. Take her Gucci back and
0: a
4: north face off her face. Podcast Fresh